Morning, everybody. How's it going? Feels kind of weird being up here, but exciting to be up here at the same point. Um, just for clarification, because I think every week we've been coming to church here for a few months now, since November, I get the same question. So are you back? Are you? We moved to Texas, and yes, we're back. We're not visiting. We haven't been visiting for eight months. Um, <laughs> we're back, and, uh, and we're attending here, and this is our home church, and we love it. And uh, I'm excited to share this morning. And uh, I was thinking, you know, last night and even this morning, uh, preparing to, to get up here and even standing here, I always still get those butterfly feelings in my stomach every time I, I'm about to share the word or get on stage. Not because I'm nervous, I don't think, but it's because of the anticipation of, of what we get to do and the excitement that's in there. And, and, and mostly for me, it's, um, it's, it's the importance of, of getting to present the, the gospel and the word of God and taking that not lightly and saying, this is an awesome opportunity. This is a privilege. And, uh, and I'm excited. So I have that going on inside me a little bit. So that means it's going to be a good morning, right? All right. Um, when Matt asked me to speak, we're in this current series on uh, 316. So he said, any passage, uh, chapter 3, verse 16, uh, you just go ahead and immediately... Um, I was drawn to Ephesians, and I kind of knew, mm, I think this is, what, this is what I need to do, and this is what I need to speak on, and, and I have a little bit of a confession to make as we share, and, and our ushers are here. If you need a Bible this morning, sorry, they're uh, going to walk down the aisle. You just raise your hand if you want a, a Bible, and if you don't have one, that's yours to keep uh, as a gift uh, from us here at SunWest. Um, but as I begin to, uh, to prepare for this week, and look at these scriptures, I have a confession to make because what I'm about to share, um, I think I struggle with a little bit as a believer, as a pastor, uh, as a human being. And I said, God, I, I'm going to share these words on Sunday, but, but I honestly, I struggle with them. I struggle with them personally in my faith walk. And, uh, and I said, how do I get up and share something with something that I struggle with myself? And God, I felt, just said, you, you share exactly the way that you just said. You're a human being. You struggle. You have a walk of faith that you're walking out. That, that's, a, that's a wrestling match, right, with your faith because the Christian walk is not an easy one all the time, right? We wrestle through things. We wrestle through the things that God's calling us to and telling us to do, telling us to say. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's not that easy. And so God said, just, just be vulnerable. And if you know me, I mean, that's not hard for me to be vulnerable and real. That's who I am. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, but the confession for me comes with, um, hey, God, I'm going to share this this morning. And I just walk through this. I mean, lot, for many of you know that we, we moved to Texas and, and accepted a position there once we were on staff here at SunWest and made the biggest mistake of our lives and left, right? That's, um, we were being obedient to the voice of God. And so we took a step of faith. And now we're back. And so... Um, for the past eight months, we've been trying to survive just in Calgary and, you know, work where we could work, put food on the table. And just this last week, I accepted a new position. Um, and it kind of is hilarious that I'm speaking on all of this. And this is where my confession comes from because I accepted a position with the Billy Graham organization. And so I work with Billy Graham Canada. And I mean, it's the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, Blake, right? So it's about evangelism. And the words I'm about to share with you, I said, God, I, I struggle with some of this, but you want me to take this position where we do this on a national platform, on a global platform, really. And, uh, and I said, how, 
how do I do this? How do I, how do I function in this? And God said, you go in with an open heart and an open mind. And you be honest about where you're at because this is where a lot of people in Canada and across the globe, you know, under the age of 40 are at with their faith walk and even some that are older. But I really feel, you know, the younger generation, as we sat and talked about even this position, um, the church looks a lot different than what I grew up in. And it looks a lot different with many of you grew up in. And I think if I'm honest and I was honest with them when they were interviewing me, um, we're in trouble. If we don't, if we don't change a few things, if we don't you know, be obedient to where the Spirit's calling us. If we're not open, if we're not, you know, changing our methods to reach this younger generation, we're in trouble with the church. And, uh, and so I, I say all that to, to share these words with you this morning um, out of Ephesians 3. And Paul says, when I think about all this, I fall to my knees. And let's read starting at verse 16. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Powerful, right? Powerful? What a prayer. What a prayer. So Paul's writing this letter and as I was reading this, I'm saying, God, wow. Verse 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he'll, he'll empower me with the inner strength through his spirit, that I can trust him, that I would be made whole in him, that I would understand his love, that my roots would grow deep and I would be made complete in the fullness of life and power. I got to, um, I got to thinking, you know, uh, our kids right now, uh, we have three boys. Uh, Ashton's almost 12, can't believe that. Maddox just turned eight and Jax is three. And uh, we only have one of them in our house right now. Uh, we have one child, the other two are gone. See, parents, you can get them out of the house sooner than university. When they're 12, you could just send them. Um, Ashton, we sent to Texas. Uh, he's down there. He went to a youth camp, and he's with his best friend, and they're hanging out, and they're, he's there for a month. He's coming back. He's been gone for a few weeks. He's coming back next Friday. Um, and Maddox just left last week. He's back east where I grew up in Newfoundland. And he's, uh, he's with grandma and grandpa back there, so he's getting to enjoy all kinds of fun stuff. Ashton was at a youth camp and, uh, you know, hanging out. He's calling, and he's got like two seconds to talk to us on FaceTime. Um, he's so busy, right? I got to go, Dad. We're going fishing. I got to go, Dad. We're going swimming. I got to go, Dad. We're going, you know, it's no time to talk. He's having fun. Um, we want our kids to have those experiences. Uh, Maddox is the same. He's eight. He's on the other side of the country, and he's, you know, they're out in boating and on the ocean and catching fish and eating lobsters and, you know, having a grand old time. And, uh, you know, we, we had talked to our kids for weeks, maybe even months leading up to the summer saying, hey, do you want to go to Texas? Do you want to, you know, go to youth camp and hang? And, you know, eyes as big as saucers, just excitement. Yes, that'd be amazing. We get to go on a plane, you know, no parents, so no rules, no, right? That's what they think. Um, and our eight-year-old, we weren't sure, but we're like, hey, like, Newfoundland's a long way. You're gonna, like, it's a month. Are you going to be homesick? And he's like, nah, I'll be fine. 
And so he, he get gears up. So now our kids are gone. And I got to thinking, you know, we were talking about that for weeks leading up to their trips. And uh, how, how awesome would it be for me as a dad to get to the day when, you know, they're supposed to leave and go on this amazing summer adventure. To me, you know, driving them to the airport with their suitcases and walking up to the, to the gate to check them in and say, hey, guess what? We're just kidding. You're actually not going. Psych. I mean, how... I would be the worst dad in the history of the universe, right? If I would say one thing like that to my kids and, and build their anticipation up and their excitement, they're going on this adventure, they're going to take this journey, and then when the time comes to do it, I'm like, I'm just kidding. I didn't really mean what I said. I just, I just said it. It wouldn't, wouldn't really be a good thing for me as a parent. And that got me to thinking about this passage of Scripture and where we are you know, as the church and where we are as individuals and I want to ask you the question this morning. Now, do we really believe the Bible? Do we really believe that the Holy Spirit in us is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead? Because if we really did, if we really lived our lives like we actually believe the Bible and the Bible says what it says it says and it's true and that the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit says he will do, then I think we would live our lives a little different. My kids believe me when I told them, this is what's happening, we're getting, we're going, you're and they're like, absolutely, I've given you no reason, you know, as kids, they're thinking, you've given me no reason not to trust what you say as my dad. I mean, you tell me that when I get home, I'm going to get a whooping because I've been misbehaving, I know I'm going to, no, maybe, sometimes, right? I've not given them, if I didn't, if I said to them that, hey, you're going to be in trouble and maybe get a little spanking when you get home, if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be keeping my word, Right? So I've got to keep my word. I've got to make it happen. In the good and in the bad, I've got to be... A, so I've never given my kids a reason not to trust me, not to trust that what I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. Or do we have that same expectation, anticipation when we read the word and when we hear the word and when we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us? Because if we do, we, we would operate... Our lives may be a little bit different, maybe, maybe a little less stressed we would be, maybe a little less depressed, maybe a little less worried, maybe a little less defeated. And Paul was writing this letter to the church in Ephesus while, while most likely in prison, and he begins to lay out the purpose of the church in verse, uh, the purpose of the church in the beginning verses. And in verse 16, um, I think he was writing this letter, not to the church just in Ephesus, but to us today as well, and these things apply to us. And I think for me personally, as I read this, there's three things that, that Paul is addressing and, and speaking to us individually, even for today. And the first thing I think that he prays out of verse uh, 16 is that we would be strengthened. Anybody want to be strengthened here this morning? Anybody maybe need to be strengthened uh, in your walk? You're maybe facing things, uh, maybe experiencing some things, and you've been just crying out, God, I just need some strength. It's stampede time, right? How many have been to the stampede? Three people. Awesome. How many people, how many people went to the parade? I know we don't always get to the parade, but the stampede parade's kind of a big deal. How many have ever been to a parade? All right, you've been to a parade. Um, major parade, um, there's beautiful floats, right? There's, there's displays, there's people doing things. And the story goes that at one major parade, um, this big, beautiful float all of a sudden sputters and, and stops. It's out of gas. And so the entire parade is now held up because the one float can't move and can't go anywhere until someone comes and fills it with fuel 
so that the engine can start again and they could tow the float. The funny thing is, uh, the float is sponsored by a major oil company, <laughs> right? And so unlimited, vast oil resources uh, and the name on the side of the float and, and you run out of gas. Um, and you can't move. It's ironic and it's funny. But at one point, and another, one point or another, most Christians find themselves in the same place. And although created in the very image of God, each of us, you and I, with the ability to tap into the endless possibilities and the power of God, we're left stalled and sputtering out of gas because we don't tap into the strength that's available to us through the Spirit. Are you with me? Have you been there? Have you experienced that? Maybe you're experiencing that this morning. What does it mean to you to be strengthened? What are the, the challenges that you face right now that you don't feel quite up to on your own? Where in your life do you feel you need God's power? Where in your life as a church? Um, you know, we're at a crossroad right now as a church body and we need to be strengthened and we need to trust God for the future and say, God, you have a plan and we may not understand. It may not make sense, but we trust that your word says what it says and that it will do what it says it will do and that your spirit is guiding us in every area, in every situation. And so we could be strengthened through that. Paul's prayer reminds us that we, we don't need to go it alone, that we have to face things we face with together. We, we have unlimited resources and, and capacities it's the will of God that we would be strengthened, and he doesn't just strengthen us by, by lifting our arms when we're tired. He doesn't just strengthen us by, by giving us a push to do better with what we have, and he doesn't just strengthen us by giving us a little extra motivation here and there, and I, and I suppose if that's all that we needed or all that we wanted, God could do it, right? God, God could do it, but Paul's not talking about just that kind of strength. He's talking about strengthening us to do the will of God. In everything we do to do the will of God, it's about the kingdom. And Paul never lost sight of that bigger picture. And if anyone could have or should have thrown in the towel, it might have been Paul. The bigger picture for him was the kingdom of God. It's the purpose of God. It's the joy of the Lord. And God wants to permeate our individual lives and our corporate lives as a local church and a local body just to do that. He wants God to strengthen believers because what we do in our lives is really ultimately about God's kingdom and it's bigger than us. It's not God just strengthen me to get through today because I'm feeling weak. It's about God strengthen, strengthen me so that I may do what you've called me to do for your kingdom. Are you following me this morning? It's a little bigger than just ourselves. It's not just, hey God, I, I need you to strengthen me because I'm feeling weak. God will do that, absolutely. But it's like, God, strengthen me because I'm feeling weak and I have to go to this evangelism class on Saturday and, and receive boldness and courage and strengthen in my faith so that I could step out of my comfort zone and do what you're calling me to do because it's not just about my little world, it's about the kingdom of God. It's bigger, it's bigger than just me. It's bigger than about just strengthening me and providing for me and giving me, 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 me all the things that I need and desire. It's about God, give me the strength to do what you've called me to do for you. Second thing that I think in this passage Paul was writing and praying for, for the church in Ephesus, but also for us, is that we might be rooted and established in love. So number one, strengthen. Number two, established in love. We have some engineers in the room this morning. 
And if you would talk to an engineer, um, they would explain to you what a cornerstone and the purpose of a cornerstone is. And if you look through the Bible, you see that the cornerstone was a big stone placed at the intersecting angles where two walls of a building came together. And in biblical times, buildings were, were often made of cut rock. And by uniting two intersecting walls, a cornerstone helped align the whole structure and to tie it together. It set out the path of every other stone in that wall, determined how every other brick related to the final structure would be. And if you get the wrong cornerstone in the wrong place, the whole structure is completely out of whack. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Jesus said, have you never read the scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? God is love and to establish and be rooted in God is to live a life of self-giving love. Being rooted, established in Jesus is the same as being rooted in love because God is love. So we need to be strengthened in our spirits, and we need to be rooted, we need to be established in love. Paul knew how critical it is to be firm in Jesus and to have faith that is founded on the rock that is Christ, and that's because he knew and experienced pressure to give up. Paul, writing this letter, most likely in prison, had known the privilege of, of a Pharisee's life. He was a Roman citizen, he had great family lineage, and his life probably could have been a whole lot easier if he had not encountered Jesus. If on the road to Damascus, the risen Jesus had not asked Paul, why do you persecute me? He probably would have lived a much easier life if at that moment when Paul then saw who was zealous against the church, hunted down and persecuted and killed believers, would have had a much easier life if he didn't have that encounter with Jesus Hunted and persecuted and beaten and jailed for following Jesus and telling others about him, Paul experienced incredible pressure to throw in the towel. And we've probably experienced pressure to throw in the towel if we're honest with our faith walk. I'm done. I, wanna, I can't do it anymore. This is tough. It's difficult. I'm scared. Paul was in prison and beaten. I don't know if anybody in this room has ever been in prison and beaten for your faith. Chances are probably not but a whole different perspective of being established in love. And you know, believers today, I believe, are in, in, under incredible pressure to throw in the towel. Um, some, you know, that aren't here, that are overseas, that are in, in other countries, in foreign countries, that are experiencing death because of their faith, who, who are being beaten, who are being imprisoned. We don't quite experience that kind of persecution here in Canada necessarily. But what I'm seeing more and more, and, and again, this is, you know, some of my confession of where I was at this week and entering into a new position and a new role and a new job of, of evangelism and the gospel and, and our nation and, and teaching and instructing and all of these things that we're talking about. What I'm seeing is not people being persecuted and thrown in prison for their faith, but the persecution that maybe comes by starting to believe a watered-down gospel that's void of God's power. I'm, I'm not seeing young people and, and, and families and moms and dads being beaten for their faith and, and jailed for their faith, but what I am seeing more and more is a watered-down gospel where people don't really believe what they say they believe. Or they don't really believe the Bible that they believe. They go to church and they go through the motions and, and, and genuinely I feel that they love Jesus 
But when the rubber meets the road, it's like, I'm not really sure that I believe that the Holy Spirit would do that for me in my life. And you say, well, okay, that's okay. They're not being killed for their faith. They're not being imprisoned for their faith. Well, it's a different kind of imprisonment. That I look at the church and I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried because I see these people that are coming and that are gathering and that are, that are singing songs like we sang this morning, but, but do we really believe in the world? Do we, do we really believe in the songs and the words that we're singing do we really believe that the Spirit has the power to do what the Spirit says it will do? Do we really believe that the Bible says that we will do greater things through the Spirit than even Jesus did as he walked this earth? Do we leave here and go out and say, God, I'm consumed by your kingdom and the purposes that you have in my life to carry out that kingdom here on earth? Instead, we see a lot of churches that are content with coming on Sunday and singing some songs and shaking some hands and giving some money and going home about their business. And to me, that's a far greater persecution of the church. That's a far greater concern that I have than people being beaten for their faith or in jailed for their faith or killed for their faith that are over-pursuing Jesus with all their hearts. It's, it's an empty, watered-down gospel that we're afraid to offend, that we're afraid to challenge, that we're afraid to, to call people to, hey, what you're doing right now is maybe not what God wants you to do. And as a community of faith, we should be able to say that. We should be able to say, this is what God's called us to do. This is what God's put on your life. This is what God's put on us as a church body. And we need to do it. We need to step out in faith and we need to trust God. We, we need to be established in love. And we need to be strengthened by his spirit. And as Paul wrote in this passage of scripture, they pray from his glorious unlimited resources. Unlimited resources. In the Greek, unlimited right there, uh, it, it translates unlimited. Unlimited resources. Could you imagine what you could do if, if you left here and I said, hey, you have unlimited resources. Here's a bank card. There's, there's, there's no end to the amount of money that is in there. Go do whatever you want to do. The ball is already rolling. Well, I buy this and I do this and I do this. Uh, and I'm not saying that's bad, um, but, but that could be our, our default, right, of, well, I'm going to buy this, buy this. Do, when I'm thinking in my heart, man, if we had unlimited resources as a church, what could we do? What could we do? Who could we support? support? How, many, how many orphans could we, could we rescue? How many people that are caught up in, 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 in the sex slave and traffic world could we rescue? How many houses could we build in Africa? How many, what? And we're all like, yeah, that'd be good, right? Well, listen, if we read this passage of scripture, we may not have the physical money in our bank account per se right now, but Paul writes here, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Unlimited resources means unlimited resources. Do we really believe it? Are we really walking out our Christian life believing that God has unlimited resources available for us right here at SunWest to advance the kingdom in the city of Calgary? Because if we really do really truly believe what the Bible says I believe we would operate our faith a little bit different. I 
Third thing that I think Paul's writing in this letter is to be strengthened, to be established in love, and thirdly, that we might have an understanding of Christ, but be filled with the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. We're on a journey together. You and me and God wants us to know Jesus and become singularly committed to him, but we don't do this alone, right? Thank God we don't do this alone. God wants us to be strengthened with the power of the Spirit, and he wants Christ to find a solid home in you and me, and he wants us to do this together with other believers, to be filled not just a little, not just a splash here and there, but with all the fullness of God filled with his Spirit. And don't shut me down here. I know most of you know that I come from a Pentecostal background, which you know, when you start talking about the Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit and His presence can get a little different, can get a little crazy. I'm not talking about being filled with the Spirit to the point that we're, we're, we're at church speaking in tongues at the top of our lungs and, and dancing around. I mean, that might happen. The Holy Spirit does. I'm not, I'm not talking about let, let's just come together and huddle and just invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us so that we could have a good time right here in our own little huddle. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming and filling us to a fullness. And by, by being full of that Spirit, I mean being full of the fruit of the Spirit. Being filled to a fullness that as we walk out of here, it's not about coming and gathering and saying, whoa, wasn't that an amazing service? Didn't the Spirit just come and we encountered His presence and it was awesome and we sang and we, we, we prayed and I just I felt so encouraged and I leave here and I do nothing with it. Or do we come as a church and gather and have these moments to be strengthened, to be established, and to leave and have the fruit of the Spirit outflow of our lives? To have joy and love and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and self-control, all of those things flow out of our lives. Being full of the Spirit, meaning everywhere you go, to your employers, to your classmates, to your students, to your neighbors, you don't need to stay and, and, and lay hands on them and, and pray that they be healed or pray for a, a miracle. Like, that might happen. I'm not saying, but the, the best thing that you can do, the best thing that you can do to be filled in the fullness of God as we come and gather is for them to be able to see that in you. Not to hear words that are coming out of your mouth, but to see the actions and see the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life. Or do the people at your, your workplace not find you to be a person of patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control? Do they not find that? Do they not? Because if we're really filled to a fullness, right, that exudes every part of our being. Being filled with the Spirit means being full of the fruit of the Spirit and being full of boldness and power and strength where, where we don't operate in a life of fear and worry and doubt. Are you following me this morning? Paul writes this letter and saying, these unlimited resources are available to you as a church. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want the fullness of the Spirit of God alive and active inside us so that everywhere we walk and everywhere we go, His Spirit is evident? You know, we're not on staff at a church right now, but that's okay. You don't have to be on staff at a church to walk out the calling of God in your life. And we live in a, a cul-de-sac that I believe God put us in. And, uh, and, and there, there's no one of really a faith background in our neighborhood. And we hang out with our neighbors all the time. It's like nothing I've ever experienced in Calgary or anywhere before. 
where we know all of our neighbors by name, every house, our kids, we have to drag our kids in at night. I'm not out, you know, we're sitting in the middle of the cul-de-sac with a fire pit and everybody's got their lawn chairs and we're, we're just hanging out. We do it often. And I'm not sitting there in that little huddle preaching a message to my neighbors. They know that I'm a pastor. They know our, our beliefs and our background. And many of them are amazed that we're so normal. <laughs> sitting with an alien, like, really? You're like, so you're like a priest? You're like a, what, what? Like you work in a church and like you, wow, like, but you're not weird. Well, I'm like, well, hang on a few months. You'll get to see, <laughs> you get to see a little bit of that. But we're not, we're not trying to preach a message. We're just trying to allow the fruit of the spirit that's in our lives to be evident in our neighborhood. You know, things as simple as, you know, my wife a few weeks ago texting a neighbor and, and saying, hey, is everything Okay. I noticed you weren't your chipper self this today or this week. And I don't even think she said that first. Actually, I think she just says, is everything okay? And the neighbor was like, why do you ask? And she followed up with, you know, I just noticed you weren't yourself. And just wondering if there's anything we could do or, you know, if everything's okay. And the neighbor said, wow, you're so intuitive. It's not intuitive. It's a spirit alive and active inside of us. And she said, thanks. I mean, I've been going through this and this, and it's amazing that you would be able to, to know that just by, like, that's the spirit alive inside of you if you're willing just to listen, if you're willing to be obedient to send that text and not say, hey, I wanted to share a passage of scripture with you. I know, no, I mean, no faith background, right? Wrong approach. But reaching out in love and just saying, if there's anything we could do, just let us know. We're building those bridges. We're just letting the fruit of the Spirit operate in our lives. So much so that we've, we've gained that kind of relationship. Not because we're, we're amazing people or we've done anything fancy. We've just been obedient to what God's called us to do. We just found out that we have to move out of our rental. <laughs> and we're like, we don't want to leave this street. We feel we're supposed to be here. So there's a couple houses for sale that we could never afford, but... We're saying, hey, it's been on the market for quite a long time. Do you want to just rent it? And we'll move from this house just to... So there's things that God's working out that we're believing. You could believe with us that we could stay on our block. And... But so much show in those relationships that our neighbors are texting us and saying, hey, I already talked to this neighbor. They're going to list in a little bit and said, don't list, just rent it. Because we don't want the kings to leave our block. You know, or jokingly standing in the driveway saying, we can pull our RV up here if nobody calls bylaw and you can just live in our RV. And, uh, you know, it sounds hilarious, but it's like God's doing something because we've gone in and just said, these are our people. And we want to be strengthened and empowered and filled with the spirit to operate on the calling that God's given us. And the universal calling that he's given us all is to preach the gospel, right? To everyone. But you don't need to necessarily do that by standing on a soapbox and you just allow the spirit to operate through you in a natural way where that people see Christ in you. But who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be filled? Who doesn't want to be filled with the fullness of God? Who doesn't want the, the spirit to be evident and, and, and attractive to those around you? And if we don't want to be full of the Spirit, actively, actively living out the call of God in our lives, actively wanting to advance the kingdom and share our faith and introduce people to our Savior, 
If we don't want those things, can I ask a question this morning? Why do we come to church? Why are we here? Why are you here this morning? If we're actively not seeking out those things, the will of God for the kingdom to be on earth as it is in heaven, and I'm not talking about an earth where believers are walking around and we're so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, right? We're so caught up in, in the spirit and God and his goodness that we don't even notice our neighbors, that we don't even notice. I'm talking about full of the spirit to the point where the fruit is exuding out of us and we're actively pursuing those relationships for the purpose of introducing people to our Savior. Are you with me this morning? If, if that is not the goal of every believer, then why do we come to church? Why, why are we here? Why do we come? Why do we believe? And here, here's, here's, here's my heart. The harvest is plentiful, but God needs more workers in the harvest. May we, we need to be filled with the fullness of God. We, we need our minds and our hearts filled so that God reveals his word to us so that we could share it with others in a practical way that's not freaking out our neighbors. And, and if, if we're not doing this, if we're not consumed by that, then I ask that question, why, why do we even come to church? I've heard people say in church, you know, many times, well, you know, it's not about the numbers. We're not about the numbers. We're not about church growth and how big our church can be. And I'm like, balderdash. What, if it's not about the numbers, then what's it about? Right? Now, catch my heart. It's not about God makes SunWest a 5,000-person church so you can bring glory to us and everything we're doing. But if it's not about the numbers, then what's it about? God is concerned about the numbers. He, his, his desire and heart is that all may know and come to faith. That, that, is, that is our role as believers on this earth to, to share the gospel. And if it's not about the numbers, then what's it about? If it's not about introducing people to our Savior who died for our sins that we may have life eternal. If it's not about numbers, then I ask, what's it about? You know, I look at lately and... and Forgive me for being honest and real, but if the church was any other organization, any other business, we would be shut down. Any of you that had a job in the business world, if you just went to work any day and there was no, um, you weren't producing anything, would you have a job? If you went to work every day and didn't do what you were hired to do, per se, now just I know this is, we're getting a little gray areas here, but just for the sake of, of me making a point here, if you went to work and you didn't do, or your company didn't do what your company was existing to do, would you have a job? You wouldn't, right? The church, as pastors, I've struggled with this as a pastor, I'm coming, I'm like, if we're not growing, if we're not introducing people to Jesus and them coming into relationship with, then why do I still have a job as a pastor? Why do we still exist as a church? You know, the role of a pastor is to equip and educate and strengthen the saints for the work of the kingdom and to come alongside and be able to do that. But as a church, why do we exist? Why are our doors still open? Are you with me? Am I ruffling a few feathers? 
I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be cruel or mean hearted and I'm just sharing my heart of like, why do we exist? Why are our doors still open if we're not looking to be strengthened and to be established and to be full of his spirit with his unlimited resources available to see the kingdom advance in the city of Calgary? That's why we exist as the church. That's why we exist. Let me read Paul's words again in Ephesians 3. He said, every time I think about this, I fall on my knees. In verse 16, he says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts, and as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You want that? I want that. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love. And all God's people should. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Number, verse 20, now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So, so whatever you can imagine for the kingdom of God and what that looks like for our church, for you as an individual, for our neighborhoods and communities, for our workplaces, whatever you can wrap your mind about how great that could be and how awesome that would be to see the fullness of God in operation and all of those things. Paul says right here, verse 20, that God can accomplish infinitely more than you can even think up in your head. Infinitely more. I'm like, I can think up some pretty crazy stuff. And Paul is saying this prayer, it's, it's available to me as a believer infinitely more than I can even conjure up what the spirit would look like, what the kingdom of God would look like in our city if we would just be obedient to what he's calling us and believe what the Bible says and believe what the Holy Spirit says he will do, he will do and trust that the Holy Spirit would do those things in and through us. Are you with me? We've had so many students this summer Blake just got up here. So many students that have taken a YWAM journey, right? If you've been here through the summer like us, you're, you're, you're sitting on the front row there and you're hearing testimony after testimony of God's greatness. And these, <coughs> excuse me, these students experiencing the power of the living God, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit being in, in action through their lives. Right? Have you been hearing the same stories? People that walked away and their faith was kind of, you know, okay, and they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and much like Blake and others come back completely changed and transformed with their outlook on, on God and what he could actually do through them, and are starting evangelism classes on Saturday to encourage other people to come and share their faith, who are being empowered, right? Who are, who are as Paul's saying here, number one, being strengthened, being established in his love and being full of the spirit and going out and operating exactly how God has called each and every one of us to. 
And we sit back and we clap and we laugh and we applaud and we get excited and we say, oh, that's amazing. Look, I remember when that kid was in the nursery. Now look, God's using them. That's amazing. God doesn't want to just use our YWAM students. God just doesn't want to just use these students that are going away and have an experience to come back and change the, 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 the landscape of our city. God wants to use SunWest. God wants to use these people. God, God wants to use this church. God wants to use you and you and you and you and you. And he's just wanting you to be obedient, to be open to the spirit operating through you. And it's nothing weird. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing spooky. It's nothing. It's just obedience. It's listening to that little soft whisper that's nudging you to, hey, maybe you should go mow your neighbor's lawn. Hey, maybe you should text that neighbor. Hey, maybe you should ask that coworker if everything's okay. Hey, maybe, maybe you should take that coworker out to lunch. Hey, it's not crazy. It's not rocket science. It's just, it's just listening to the voice of God. But Blake, then it's being bold to act it out, Right? And we, we need to be strengthened to do that because it's not easy, it's not natural, it's scary for the majority of us. But who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? I'm gonna invite the band, I'm gonna invite you to stand. And the band's gonna sing this song through and I'm gonna come back, but I want you to, I want you to listen to these words, okay? Maybe, maybe you just close your eyes if you're comfortable with this. You don't even need to raise your hands because that might be uncomfortable. You don't, you could, you could put them in your pocket. I, I kind of like worshiping like that because it's contemplative. I just, I'm okay, right? You could put them in your pocket if you want, but I want you to close your eyes if you're comfortable with this. Everybody all over this place, I want you to close and I want you to, I want you just to hear these words that Randall sings. I want you just to listen as, as if it was the prayer coming from the deepest parts of your heart. In light of this passage, in light of Ephesians, what Paul's calling us to do and, and, and encourage us to be strengthened and established in love and filled with the Spirit, I want you to listen to these words. Go ahead, just close your eyes and just listen and make this your prayer this morning. So as you hear those words this morning, it's not, it's not for the sake of the world. It's not a, it's not a world where we're standing around and being so completely consumed by the Spirit that we aren't accomplishing our earthly callings. It's not just gathering as the church to say, come and inhabit the praises of your people and let's leave it here. But it's to be consumed, to have a fire burning so deeply inside of us that through his mighty power at work within us, we can accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think for you as an individual this morning, for you as a family, but listen, for us as a church body to be strengthened, to be established in his love and to be filled and consumed by his spirit within us. Are you with me? Amen. So I'm going to ask you to do something as we close with this song <coughs> this morning. And you may not be comfortable with this, but I just really felt in my heart as as I was preparing this word that we needed to end this morning as a prophetic declaration to God this body will be a body who is trying to tap into your unlimited resources so that we could accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or imagine through this church through our families and as individuals that you would come and strengthen us to carry out the kingdom work 
every single day. And so the words of this song is so powerful. <clears throat> and I don't want you to sing those words just because I'm asking you to sing those words. I want you to sing these words this morning as a prophetic declaration over your life, over this body of believers. And I'm going to ask you if you would, if we could be unified in this declaration this morning. If you're comfortable, step out of your seats. Let's come to the front. I know we don't do this often, but that's okay. Let's come to the front. Let's spread right across here. Let's declare, let's lift our hands in worship and in praise and make this a prayer, not just a, a, a nice song that we're singing this morning. And don't, don't do it because I'm asking you. Do it because you want to because if you pray this as a prayer, everything's going to change in your life starting today. I, I, I believe that with all of my heart. If you sing this as a prayer, everything's going to change in your life starting today. Everything's going to change in this church starting today. Everything's going to change in our family starting today. And we're declaring, God, on earth as it is in heaven. May we be strengthened. May we be established. And may we be full of your spirit. Amen? If that's your prayer, would you come? Would you join us here at the front as Randall leads us in this? And let's declare these words as a prayer, as an anthem, as a prophetic declaration over SunWest, over our families, and over our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen? So God, it's our prayer this morning that we pray the same prayer that Paul prayed for us. That from his glorious, unlimited resources, Christ would empower us with inner strength through his spirit. I pray that Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. That our roots would grow down into God's love and keep us strong. And that we may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may we experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, that we may be made complete with all of the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Randall and the team are going to continue to sing this. Let's make this our prayer this week that he would burn like a fire for all the world to see. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.